This is Hashtag Authentic, a podcast for entrepreneurs and creatives online. I'm Sarah Tasker and this is episode 63. Hi everybody and welcome to this week's episode. Before we dive into the interview I've got for you this week, I wanted to share some news about my book's upcoming release that might be of interest to some of you. So as part of the promo for my book, which is called Hashtag Authentic, same as this podcast, I'm going to be taking the podcast on the road. I've invited some extra special guests to come and chat with me live in branches of the bookstore Waterstones up and down the UK. And I would just so, so love for some of you to come along and be there and join us in the audience and have a bit of a chat with us. Tickets are not on sale yet, but we've confirmed dates for London, Manchester, Bristol and Edinburgh, and they'll all be going on sale super soon, hopefully within the next week. And there's also a possibility of more to come. So if you're interested in coming along, the very best thing to do is if you sign up to my mailing list, either go to the show notes for this episode or anywhere on my website, meandola.co.uk. Stick your name in any of the sign-up boxes you see. They'll all direct you to the place where you'll get this email. I'll obviously be posting about it on social media as well, but as we know, following someone on Twitter or Instagram is not necessarily a guarantee of seeing their posts these days. So getting the email is the absolute best way to make sure you don't miss out. As soon as I'm able to, I'm going to announce the guests and put the tickets on sale and send all of that out to you in an email. So get on that list and you should be among the very first to know and hopefully be able to grab a ticket and come and have a drink with us and say hi and yeah, just catch up in real life. By the way, we're pricing this at around, I think about £5 per ticket. So hopefully it's going to be really affordable and something that everyone can access because I'd love to see as many of you as possible. Okay. On to today's episode. So, I happened to be browsing Facebook earlier this week. Not my favourite platform, but I host the communities for my Instagram classes on there. So I was on Facebook scrolling through, and I saw in the space of just a single newsfeed, three different ads. They were all trying to get me to sit through a webinar or a sales pitch for a course on Pinterest for growth. And I thought that was really interesting because there is no denying that Pinterest is a brilliant source for traffic if you can use it properly. And we've talked about it on this podcast before. It's a really great way to reap evergreen rewards on all of your best content online. But you don't need an expensive class in order to do that. All you really need to do is follow really super simple steps, be consistent. And unlike other social media sites, Pinterest are really forthcoming about what those steps are and how you can make the most of them. It's been a year of some really brilliant updates and progress for the Pinterest platform. So I thought it was a good time to call up the gang at Pinterest UK, get them on the line and ask them about the latest news on what we should all be doing on Pinterest, digging into why they've decided to offer algorithm free feeds when the rest of social media has gone the other way and just catch up on what's new. Here's our conversation. Hi, guys. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Sarah. So for everybody listening at home who can't see your lovely faces like I can right now, could you introduce yourselves and tell everybody where you work and what you do? Uh, Yeah, I'll go first. I'm Zoe. Um, I head up uh, organic operations at our Pinterest in our English-speaking markets, which is uh, the UK, Ireland, New Zealand, Australia, and Canada. Canada. And what is organic operations? I have no idea. Ah, good question. So organic operations is everything that isn't sales. So we look after uh, your editorial recommendations, uh, creator education, uh, marketing, uh, partnerships, co-marketing, and also look after kind of products. So we're the people 
that are really trying to push for product changes that hopefully make pinners happy. Exciting. And your good friend here? Um, I'm Rena, and I'm the Influencer Marketing Manager for the UK. And so you're both based at Pinterest in London. How many people are there on your team? So on our immediate team, there are seven of us. So um, Pinterest uh, may be like very popular, um, but there's only seven of us plugging away. There's a bigger sales team here as well now um, to keep us company. But uh, that's the full, the full team is seven people. So there's going to be some people listening who are already familiar with Pinterest, but there's also going to be maybe some people who've never been on the platform before. Could you give us like a brief introduction to what Pinterest is, who it's for and what it does? Um, essentially, Pinterest is full of ideas which help you discover and do what you love. Um, the majority of this content comes from brands and content creators. So it's a great platform for both those types of people to promote their content and their ideas. Um, we have everything from recipes um, to fashion inspiration to beauty tutorials and how to's, holiday inspiration, um, basically anything that you want ideas or inspiration for, you'll find on Pinterest. And that's how people use it, isn't it? They kind of, it's not a social network in the way that people think of. I think people group it there, don't they? If you go on a website, you always put your social icons together. You have Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and you put Pinterest there. But it's not a social network in the traditional sense. Yeah, I think that's a good way to think about it. I think if you think when people are on Pinterest, they're saving things that they find or searching for things that really mean something to them. So it's less um, for your normal pinner. It's less about broadcast and more about finding things that really resonate um, with them and their daily lives or finding inspiration for something that they are either planning to do or dreaming of doing. Which means actually it is really fun to follow the people you really like on Pinterest because it's kind of a window into their wish list and their shopping list and maybe what they're doing with their interiors. It's kind of a little bit like stalking them, but legitimately. <laughs> yes, exactly. My, one of my favorite people to follow uh, on Pinterest is actually Lauren Laverne because I think her style, her interiors, um, but she's got a board called Culture Horde where she just saves things that she thinks are really interesting. And again, her entire profile, I, I like go on and I'm like, ooh, this is a good idea. And that's like access to part of her life, I suppose, that you wouldn't get pretty much anywhere else. It's sort of insight into her internal thoughts and processes and inspiration rather than the stuff that she's choosing to put out into the world. Yeah, so I think um, she does, she has told us before that she's got quite a few secret boards. So those are the boards <laughs> that she's keeping to herself, her own plans. Um, but yeah, like she she's sharing the thing, things that resonate with her, um, ideas that she loves. Um, and I think also at one point um, she started when the new Pope came along, a Pope watch board, uh, just because she found that really interesting. Um, but again, it's that sense of... Um, like joy of the things that you're finding and being able to curate that content for something that's really meaningful for you. And um, I think resonates with a lot of different people from like people that you know, um, like from TV and radio to like just your everyday pinner. Uh, it's also, yes, yeah, super valuable just as a tool in everyday life. Like that is probably most of my pinning happens in that kind of frenzied uh, I'm going to redecorate my living room, find all the living room inspiration in the world and put it all in one place, kind of project planning. Mm -hmm. um, but there are advantages to using Pinterest kind of beyond the practical applications in your day-to-day -day life, right? Looking um, at you, Rina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's super useful for content creators. Um, 
to promote themselves. It can, um, touching on kind of what we were just chatting about, it gives a real kind of human insight into who those people are, but it's really great for um, them to publish their content um, for a couple of reasons. Um, looking at reach, for example, we um, earlier this year, we updated profiles to showcase the number of monthly viewers that someone's content gets per month. Yeah. Um, rather than the number of followers um, and it just it feels like it's a much better metric to look at rather than just a number of people who might or might not be interested in that person's content um, and often it just showcases how great someone's content is because the, num- the number of people that they reach um, is, is often much much higher than the number of followers so take you for example you've got 19,000 followers but you have 765,000 monthly viewers which is absolutely fantastic definitely sounds a lot more impressive that second number and one thing I really noticed is um something I already knew about kind of my Pinterest referrals is that it's quite seasonal so so certain parts of my content that that resonate at certain times of year like maybe recipes from the summer or Christmas content um so you can see that fluctuation in your reach which again I think is is useful for you as a content creator because you can kind of say okay this month I'm going to be getting more from Pinterest or this month I'm not or maybe this is a gap I need to fill but also from the brand perspective you know working with influencers for example or for anyone who's trying to measure the reach of these people it is a, a much more meaningful snapshot it would be it would be so fascinating to see the equivalent figures displayed on all social media platforms yes definitely (laughs) but I don't think yeah I don't know if they're going to be as brave (laughs) (laughs) yeah I think you're right about actually being able to see the trends from your own content so we have um analytics on the back of Pinterest which allow you to see like what were your most popular pins um and you can look at like what your most popular boards and who's looking um at your content and I think um when we speak to people quite often people use those analytics to also then determine like creating fresh content or actually thinking about like the types of content that they would add on Pinterest. Absolutely, which is one of the great joys of the internet, something I harp on about all the time on this podcast, that you kind of, you're constantly conducting market research without even trying because Mm. everything you put out gets a response and you can reflect on that and decide whether you want to do more of it or less of it. So yeah, all of that data, which actually like the back end, the amount of valuable data that I get from my Pinterest like not just saying this because you guys are from Pinterest and are on the line but I do genuinely find it super insightful and and really fascinating to look at you also have an option to to not see content via an algorithm right does that still exist um yeah earlier this year we introduced the following feed um so the home feed that you go on either on the app or on desktop is a mixture of Um, people that you follow and ideas or things that you've been inspired by in the past. Um, So that's driven kind of by an algorithm, but it's a smart algorithm based on what you've been searching for and what you've interacted with. Um, But we introduced the following feed, which is really great for content creators and brands. Um, And in this feed, it's basically um, a chronological feed of everyone that you follow. So you see um, kind of the latest posts from them. And for a content creator, this is really great um, because it increases your reach, it increases the number of people who are likely to see your content um, because the home feed is a mixture of inspiration. Right. And the reason I've brought that up, I'm sure you're aware, is that a chronological feed is something that other platforms (laughs) no longer offer and 
most of the audience would quite like them too. So I thought it was really exciting to see Pinterest kind of going off and kind of taking the lead on listening to its audience and giving people a choice between these different things. Yeah, that that's something like the listening to pinners is something that we've definitely in the last year hopefully been doing a lot more of. Like I think um, if you've seen like board sections where you can now organize content on boards where you can no longer have like or you can still have a thousand pins on a board but now you can like organize them into different sections um and so that we're actually helping pinners and this is something pinners have asked for multiple times so again the following feed is actually something people had asked for so this is us responding to basically requests from pinners which is really nice and kind of feels like an increasingly rare thing in the online world i think um We've talked quite a lot already about content creators, so kind of meaning like bloggers or Instagrammers. But what about for businesses, particularly small businesses? Do they need to use it slightly differently to these people? Um, essentially, not really. I mean, um, we have someone in the team who looks after kind of um, small businesses and organic partnerships. And what we found is there's a lot of crossover. So content creators are their own business owners in their own right so what they need to know and what they need to do on Pinterest is very similar or exactly the same as like businesses in like quote quote marks um it's the same thing you want a business profile you want to utilize your analytics you want to create um your own pins you want to pin your own content all of that stuff is the same whether you're a content creator or a business because I suppose what we're talking about really is whether you are a small business because you sell a product or whether you maybe offer services or whether you're an influencer, you're creating content one way or another now. It's very rare for people to have no web presence, to maybe not have an Instagram. So it's about getting the most impact from that content, possibly by adding it to your Pinterest. Yeah. And as Vina mentioned before, that like Pinterest, um, people are actually actively like the content that resonates with people, like 80% of our um, what people are searching for is actually professional content on Pinterest. So they're actually looking for whether it's like how to style a living room or whether to buy um, like a new wall hanging or a new green sofa or like people are actually actively looking for those things. And that's part of the discovering and doing what they love uh, on Pinterest as well. So I know you have just recently introduced kind of a whole update of new tools could you maybe talk us through some of the things that are new on Pinterest maybe for people who've got an account but haven't touched it for the last six months year yeah cool um there are lots of new updates this year um which are really exciting particularly for content creators and small business owners um the first one which is um which you'll see as soon as you log on to Pinterest is that there's a new creator profile um so this is for all business accounts um, and it just gives a lot more customization and a lot more personalization on the actual profile. Um, So there's a header image at the top, this can be customized um, and it gives you the opportunity to choose how you represent your brand on Pinterest. Um, And as mentioned, it surfaces um, monthly unique viewers rather than followers um, and as this is a better representation of influence. Um, We've also introduced stats. So you have your Pinterest analytics, which are really great. And there's a lot of information that you can find on there. But for a quick glance, you can click on a pin that you've created and you can see a number of stats like impressions, saves, clicks. Um, 
And you can also see um, what board people have saved, um, saved that image or that piece of content to as well, which is really interesting. Um, we've already touched on the following tab. So we've launched one place to look at um, content from all the people that you follow in chronological order. Um, we also have content attribution. So if you um, claim your website, if anyone saves a piece of content from your site, um, it comes up with your Pinterest profile. And if they're not following you already, there's a little follow button as well. Um, so this just gives you credit for the work that you've done. Um, and it's really nice to know that anyone from anywhere in the world can save content from your site and your branding and, and who you are will come up. And that applies to, you can save your Etsy and your Instagram as well, right? Yeah. So last month we, uh, we launched claiming for um, Instagram accounts, Etsy accounts and YouTube. So it's the same, um, it's the same methodology. If I take some, one of your beautiful images from your Instagram and save it, it comes up with your profile as well. So how is it doing that? Is it just literally kind of checking against the website address to see who it belongs to within your database? Um, yeah, essentially. Um, you'll, there's a, a really quick step to just um, verify that that is your Instagram account or your YouTube account. Um, but as soon as you've done that, um, it will, if anything's saved from that domain, then it'll be um, attributed to you. That's fantastic. And it kind of gives people a lot, I'm imagining a lot more meaningful data about what's being pinned because you're not having to kind of trawl through Pinterest or, or there would be that thing where you were scrolling and you'd be like, that's my picture. <laughs> I think there's been um, a few instances where um, people have noticed that other people have pinned their content um, or they've, you know, posted it to other social media platforms. Um, and it's a shame if someone puts in a lot of work to create something really beautiful and they're not credited for it. So um, that's why we've introduced this because we're aware that that was going on. Um, and it just seems fair to, um, to attribute the content to the person that owns it. Absolutely. And was I right in saying Etsy shops are on there as well? Yeah. That's going to be a huge one for business owners to be able to uh, know that your products are linking back to your shop. Yeah, and on your creator profile, as Rina mentioned, you'll also be able to see pins saved from your domains. So that's one of the interesting things as well. Like it shows your your new profile shows what you're pinning and saving. But you can also see, and others can see, what are, is being brought from either Etsy, YouTube, your Instagram, or your blog domain as well. And that, yeah, so people can look on your profile and see what other people are doing, which again, for influencers in particular, is going to be really useful for people to see how genuine their influence is and and kind of what content of theirs is having the most impact correct uh was there anything else sorry because I totally interrupted your flow of new features um that's I think that was it actually um but we earlier this year we also introduced a blog which is um, dedicated to content creators um, that can be found on medium and it's our source of truth for all things pinterest we share the latest and greatest we share lots of tips and also our editorial themes um, so every two months we release our editorial themes um, we're super transparent about the type of content we're looking for and as we find um, people on average start saving about 45 days in advance of an event or a holiday um, we release our themes quite early to give you guys a heads up for 
um, kind of what we're looking at. Um, we recently released the themes for December and November, um, sorry, December and January. Um, so people can start planning the content that they're putting up on Pinterest. And there's a way to submit your boards to us. And we surface these through Spotlight on the home feed. Yeah, and I've had some boards featured that way. And it's a really great way to kind of gain extra extra traction on your Pinterest page and, and on content that you can kind of weave in there um to give an idea of kind of like the kind of things that you say when you're looking for I'm trying to think the ones I think I had one feature that was on like um concrete DIY projects yeah so they vary from um so like the editorial themes obviously they're seasonal themes um but there's also like daily themes or also they're based on trends that we're seeing on Pinterest so, for example, we might be looking um, for recipe content. We might be looking for fashion content. Sometimes we um, we also name this like wildcard content, which is basically just like, what's your idea or your amazing board that like basically you're like, no one else has thought of this. Um, so, like, again, this is about um, it's beneficial to content creators that obviously we're surfacing their uh, content. But from a pinner perspective, this is about giving them like new and inspiring content Um that they can then, you know, discover. Um, so like for Christmas, uh, which is obviously coming up, is uh, like like Christmas and kindness, um, which is obviously an important theme uh, for this year. Rainbow decor. So uh, rainbows are for like a big thing for this Christmas. Um, lots of traditional Christmases. So we're calling this like what granny did. Um, so about kind of harping uh back to those kind of old traditions. Um, and you can kind of see some of this in like the studded uh, clove oranges and the kind of reefs, like almost bringing back to more natural um, kind of areas of Christmas. Um, and then and then things like, again, this is very Christmas centric, but like, you know, lots of people, um, especially in the bigger cities, like actually they're renting, they're actually still going home for Christmas. So how do you decorate on say a smaller scale when you know that you're, family probably are going to do the big Christmas um, so like that's an example of like the types of themes but it's so it's content that's useful to pinners and it and really fits with what they're looking for but also if that's content that content creators have um, then it can really help bring uh, like benefits to both sides. So this kind of brings me to a question, um, something that comes up a lot in conversations or I see a lot on people's Pinterest board so we're talking about Say someone wanted to submit a board for editorial and they thought, well, I have a load of great um, traditional Christmas content. Would the best board to submit for that or really just for a Pinterest experience be a board that consisted solely of that content creator's own content and nothing else? Or a board that was a mixture of content from all over the web that wove in their own content seamlessly with other people's? Um. Definitely the latter. Um, if you think like a pinner and the person that's kind of logging onto Pinterest and looking for inspiration, um, they just want to be inspired. They um, will look at a content creator's profile, maybe stumble upon their board, but what they're really looking for is good ideas. They don't always have to come from the same person. Um, and actually we recommend a mixture of content. Um, when we um, recommend people are active on Pinterest every day. That's not kind of them creating content every single day that's their own content. It's a mixture of their content and repinning existing content on Pinterest. 
Because I, I've always imagined that must be how sort of the algorithms and the sorting systems work in part is by saying, okay, this person's pinned this and this and this, these three things. And so they all must have something in common. And so it kind of helps your content spread out across the web and, and make connections with other people's content and become more organic within the system. Yeah. And the great thing, and we didn't mention this earlier, like seeing how people save your content to a board and um, which you can see in your pin stats is also incredibly insightful because you you could um, be saving like this Christmas dinner recipe, but actually someone saved it to a board called like uh, Christmas interior design. And so the more places and different types of boards this gets saved to, obviously the more signal we also get on this. And it means that you think of your content one way, but actually pinners allow your content to kind of spread through the system with all the different sort of annotations that you might not have seen. Like I think, uh, a great example from a fashion blogger was that she had a picture, um, had a bench with a row of shoes on it. And to her, it was a picture of the shoes. Mm. But she found that people were saving it because they loved the style of the bench. <laughs> and she was like, oh, I've never done interiors uh, like posts before. Maybe I should do interiors posts because actually this is proving really popular. So again, it's how people organize your content can also give you an insight into your content and into the, the images that you have or um, that you might not have seen yet. That's so valuable. I, I imagine now there's some people listening who think, oh, no, but that's what I've always done is I've always just made boards that are just my own content. You see, like people do like my blog posts, my Instagram posts. So for those people who are now thinking they're going to jump on Pinterest and delete their boards, what is the best way for them to repurpose that content and make the best of what they've already put up there? Um, from my perspective, it's actually super, super useful to see a board which is just a content creator's um, own content. Um, that if I'm looking for something specific um, and local and relevant, I will go straight to those boards. And there's a few people who I go to quite a lot because they have those boards. Um, but as Zoe mentioned, I definitely take those pins, um, definitely keep the board, definitely keep the pins, but pin though that content to different boards as well so um yes. is um a style post um it can you can pin it to um shoot locations or if it's um if it's a piece of food you can pin it to a couple of different boards so if it's a nice i don't know banana bread recipe um you can save it to a gluten-free board if it's gluten-free you can save it to a dessert board as well um, and that just helps your content spread further and in the same way does it make sense to occasionally repin your own content? Because people are terrified, like on Twitter, some people think that it's like the ultimate sin to retweet your own tweet. <laughs> oh, it makes perfect sense. I mean, on Pinterest, I think, again, because um, of the way that people pin, like I think if you, it, like people discover pins, not just through their home feed, they discover them through search, they discover them through editorial spaces. So there's a much broader range. It isn't just about what's in the home feed. And, um, do I think, as Rena mentioned, that if that piece of content actually applies to different kind of areas, like actually this uh, fashion shoot actually shows this amazing space in London or mm -hmm. something, like actually having those in different boards mean that you've got a broader appeal to different people. And and also I think so if you've had a pen that has been really successful in the past, um, then feel very free to like re-add that pin, maybe think about giving it a different description or again, thinking about how that content um, could be seen 
now, whether that's, as Rena was saying, uh, a fashion pin that actually could be like a London location. Um, and also just thinking like that more broadly about how your content is. Again, Pinterest, Sarah, you mentioned this earlier, like Pinterest can be quite evergreen on Pinterest. So it's got, um, it lasts for a longer time. So you see this in a, like the Christmas content that you add now. And um, that could be what someone's really searching for um, early next year. Like people start looking for content um, for Christmas in about July. Yeah. Um, Who are these organized people? All these organized people. <laughs> Um, so yeah, and I think that's a good way to think about Pinterest is that people come onto Pinterest to plan things. Um, and I think I forget whether there's a German word that, is, that translates to like the joy of planning. Um, and I think where you see that so much on Pinterest, where whether it's Halloween or Easter or summer parties or even people's like doing up their homes, like you can see there's a real joy in, in figuring out like what the thing is that you want and like honing in on that. So you can kind of see why people start doing that early but from a content creator's perspective that means that you know you can give life to content that um you've maybe made in like the last year or like so it, there's much you've got a much longer shelf life for your content yeah and you you touched on earlier as well that a lot of people are finding content in pinterest through search like a lot of people will use pinterest as a search engine um I know like just from my own kind of friends and experience people will be like oh well I'll have a look on Pinterest I'll find something on Pinterest um what kind of information have you got about how people search and how can people best caption their content so that it's going to be showing up yeah um so one of the ways um that works again both from that it helps pinners but actually also helps content creators is when you go onto Pinterest you'll see um sort of key search terms so when you type in um say like uh, autumn outfit, you'll actually see associated words underneath. And these actually represent the kind of commonly associated words that pinners are searching for. So that's really handy for a pinner because they can be like, oh, autumn outfit. I'm just going to say leopard print because everybody knows it's here. <laughs> um, but from a creator's perspective, they can look at those terms and be like, actually, these are how people are searching for it. So if I have content that matches these terms, I can use these words um, to help describe my content or also again to kind of just see how people are thinking like do you know if you put in like bathroom what's the commonly associated word or um the classic interior one for the UK is uh small spaces comes after everything because we clearly <laughs> we clearly live in slightly smaller homes that's so fascinating. And that's the kind of data that like, it would be priceless to have that for Google, or for YouTube to know what words people are searching for. So you could create that content that kind of um, fits it or find your content that already exists that fits it and keyword it appropriately. So how magical to just have it offered up to you in Pinterest? Um, we also release um, trends based on search. And um, so our PR team have just released recently are Christmas trends um, and it covers a number of things that they see um, coming up like um, homemade Christmas and they actually put together um, the year-on-year -year increase in those searches as well so that's um, that's available and um, we often put that on medium as well and that's that can be super useful for content creators they can pop on there see what's trending or, or a trend that they um, see emerging um, and they can use that for their own content. I'm going to find the link and put the link to the, the Pinterest blog on Medium onto the show notes because I suspect a lot of people are thinking that all of these things are going to be super useful for them to be checking in on quite regularly. Yeah, 
to to Rena's point, like the Pinterest 100 will be coming out in December, and that's sort of our our overview of the trends that we think are going to be big on Pinterest in 2019. Um, so these are all always like fascinating um, insights across like home, travel, food, fashion, um, men's fashion, just every vertical, but also gives you an insight into what we believe pinners will be searching for in the coming year. Are there any types of demographics that are more represented as pinners or less represented? So thinking about like maybe someone's listening and thinking, how do I know if my customers or my potential followers are on Pinterest? Yeah, um, so we are a 70-30 split. So 70% of uh, on Pinterest is female um, and then 30% is male. However, men are actually our biggest growing audience now. Um, so they're, they represent uh, quite a large number of our signups. Um, and then age demographic, I'll be entirely honest and say, this covers from like, teenagers creating boards as part of like their school projects to right all the way up uh, to like people who are pensioners who are discovering art for the first time um, so the age range on Pinterest is actually very very broad and I think we tend to think about it um, in terms of demographic about personalization so like more like less by like demographics but more by like the types of things that people like if that makes sense and and again because people are in their personal bubble like you'll see that like you we put out editorial on say gardening ideas and actually that is as popular sometimes with teenagers as it is with like people who own three bedroom houses Hmm. and so and I think it's because again on Pinterest people aren't afraid or maybe afraid's not the right word but they're not um say as self-conscious about what they're saving and like what they're passionate about and that we find whenever we speak to somebody like the first thing is they want to do is show you their boards and they always are like this board and I love this (laughs) they're so excited um and so that that I think really taps into like when when you're speaking like for your audience is like you know thinking about who are your like that broad range of who your uh, audience is uh, or customers could be um, and almost like not thinking so much about uh, the, that stereotype but actually like who could this appeal to as well I always see so many Pinterest results on Google image searches so I guess that's another great way that you could be discovered via content that is on Pinterest that maybe is kind of something that people aren't thinking about yeah I think because we're such a visual platform I mean we used to say um you know, if you compare this to Google search, like Google search is really handy for when you know exactly what you want, like what time is it in Paris or uh, how long is it going to take me to get to Paris? But actually Pinterest is really good for when you have an idea of what you want, but you don't know the specific, like you want to see uh, what's the best photography spots in Paris or um, you want to find hidden secrets in Paris. Like, so when you've got an idea of what you want, it allows you to hone in on this so again that's a way of thinking about uh how we work as visual search so the other way that I use Pinterest within my business and I suspect a lot of people do this is I so when I run classes I get all of my students to sign up to Pinterest and we make boards together we make boards of maybe the coursework that we're doing or they all make their own inspiration boards that they can then share with one another um do you see a lot of that that people use but use Pinterest as a tool 
for business as well as to promote their business? Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's I think when we um, made a couple of changes to group boards and collaborations early on this year, we saw an increase in the number of people who were using it um, for business and for planning. Um, my background's fashion and there's a really big fashion retailer that I worked with quite closely and they were super excited that I was joining Pinterest because they use it all the time, every day. Um, this is a creative director of a business and he uses it for shoot planning and he would have different board sections around poses, mood, location, specific shots that he wanted. And that would be translated into um, into his vision board that he would send over. Um, so it's it can be used for big businesses like that or even with um, with content creators who work with a photographer, they can create boards and it's so much easier to communicate what you want visually rather than trying to think of the words to describe it. And I can guarantee that no matter what you're trying to describe, you'll find content on Pinterest, which will describe it better than words. Absolutely. Like the, I always say this, people say a picture speaks a thousand words, but sometimes uh, you couldn't even think of those 1,000 words if you if you had to. And also, how long would it take you to say a 1,000 words or write them, whereas a picture can just sum it up so quickly? Exactly. So kind of looping back around then, um, I feel like I've got you guys here and I know that there'll be people listening who have burning Pinterest questions. So I feel kind of a duty to try and put as many of them to you as I possibly can without grilling you too much. Um, but thinking back to kind of tips and strategies and good practice for having kind of a healthy and a useful presence on Pinterest, are there kind of top tips or things that people should be doing? Yes. Um, for the people that haven't heard of Pinterest or haven't used it in a long time, um, there's two really basic ways to get started. So I'd say definitely, definitely upgrade to a business profile. Um, as mentioned, this will give you um, a lot more customization for your profile, as well as access to analytics, which have a wealth of information um, on kind of what they what is um, resonating with their audience on Pinterest and actually what resonates with their audience off Pinterest as well. Um, and then if you claim your website, you unlock stats, um, like an extra level of stats on individual pins and you get attributed for any content that anyone saves from your site or your Instagram or your Etsy or your YouTube. Um, also, we touched on um, Pinterest being used for search and the amount of people that use it um, kind of almost as a visual search engine. Um, so with this in mind, definitely have a search mentality when you approach Pinterest um, give your board straightforward names that people will actually search for. So, for example, delicious desserts, rather than calling a dessert board gooey. Um, <laughs> the desserts might be gooey and delicious, but people will be searching for desserts. Um, so if you just think of your board names being specific, relevant and containing a keyword or two, um, board descriptions are also searchable. So include a couple of keywords in there as well. But Obviously, don't keyword stuff and make sure that it makes sense to a human being who's reading that description. Yeah, I think like if you want to have more alliteration and fun, there's more space available in the description. But yeah, I think this is an area. Also, spaces in between uh, all the letters in words. Um, this seems really super obvious when you think about it, but that makes the words unsearchable. So it looks nice. Um, 
But if you put a space in between every letter of delicious, that no longer reads as delicious. <laughs> and I guess the same applies to like special characters that people sometimes put either side of their words or. Yeah, just as long as you think about what someone's searching for, um, that's one of the easiest and quickest tips. Um, also planning ahead. Um, people love to, to use Pinterest to plan for the future. Um, and I've mentioned before, people search on average 45 days ahead of, of an event or a holiday. Um, so get pinning early. Um, and speaking of pinning, definitely p- uh, pin little and often. Um, the, the lovely Lex from Talented Lex advises about five pins a day, which takes approximately 30 seconds. It's super quick and easy. But this ensures that you have constant visibility rather than what um, having a once a week pinning session. Um, especially with the following feed, you make sure that you're you're con- um, constantly there every day for people who are looking at that feed. They can see you're active and you, you'll get more views um, on your content. And as you said earlier, that doesn't have to be five brand new original pieces of content. That can be you hopping on and going, I like that, that, that and that. And maybe later on in that day, if you post to your blog, adding that as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, and we've recently launched a pin scheduler tool um, to help you schedule your content. To so actually, um, if you are a content creator who also works full time or part time and you're quite pushed for time, um, you can sit down once a week and schedule pins across a two week period. And then you know that that content will go live on Pinterest. Um, and if it's a mixture of repins and new pins, which, which are your content, um, that's ideal. And you can also see uh, on our business site the sort of uh, best practices for creative. So I think once you've kind of gone through Rina's list, like having a double check of like, are your pictures the right sort of ratio? Um, does this make sense in terms of how you're like titling your pins? Um, and so that you're kind of giving yourself the best shot of success as well. So I can link to that in the show notes as well for anyone who wants to check that out in more detail. And we should mention as well, the business profiles, it's free to switch, isn't it? There's absolutely no cost attached to that. Yeah, that's right. Totally free. Because a lot of people panic, I think, when they hear that word or they they were so burned by when Facebook switched to business profiles and everything changed. But all you're really doing is is getting extra features when you switch. Yeah, nothing nothing changes. It just gives you um, access to, as we mentioned, your analytics. It does give you access um, to the ability to take promoted pins, which is... Uh, like our advertising platform but again that's there as an optional it's not something that um, you have to do business just means that you you're treated like you want your content to reach people and this allows you to see how is your content doing against those goals you've set yourself so for yourselves just personally I'm really curious how do you use Pinterest and what is like one board that you use the most or love the most on your profile do you want to go first? Um, so I, I've used Pinterest for years and years, way before I started working here. Um, and I use it for everything from recipes, because I'm not a very good cook, to <laughs> inspiration. Um, I organize kind of my style. So I've got um, boards around key trends for autumn, winter. I've got um, gym hairstyle boards, like anything you can think of that you need help with in life. I've got a board for it. Um, and my, my favorite board, I've got one called happiness looks like, and it's like 
cozy like um pillow forts and really nice teas and books like the kind of thing you want to do on a Sunday um as well as amazing places that just look really inspirational and I just think one day I want to visit that place I have a really similar board that I think is called Sunday and it's just that it's like these are moments I want to have in my life at some point Zoe Zoe what about you uh, then my side, similar to Rena, I was pinning before I started working for Pinterest. And I think I consider myself very lucky career wise that I get to work on something that I genuinely love. Um, and starting working here did not decrease my pinning habit any. If anything, it just <laughs> made it go a little crazier. Um, so before I was really um, into interiors. Uh, still am and so it was very interiors focused and then I worked in advertising so there were some secret boards with uh, art directors and now it's like there's interiors there's travel uh, in the last couple of years I went vegan so there's vegan boards um, then there's the Christmas boards the Easter boards um, again similar to Rena, like it, it becomes one of these things where like you're like oh actually I'm thinking of this thing um and you basically start making a board for it. My favorite board at the moment is actually a more practical board um, in that myself and my other half, we bought a flat in London uh, about a year and a half ago. Um, and we've just got permission to renovate our attic, which is like Ooh. the most exciting <laughs> slash terrifying thing ever. <laughs> so there is currently a secret board that is sectioned to like infinity and beyond of like, what windows look like and um, what flooring could look like what is best practice advice for dealing with builders and I think similar to what what Rena said that's when this becomes a reality actually being able to show tradesmen what I mean when I'm like hey this is the kind of window I mean that I mean that's gold dust of being able to have that and hey like we both agree on this picture um but yeah like I even have like I have my shopping list of things that I want to buy which occasionally I go and look at and and wonder if I can treat myself to something um helpful at Christmas as well it's a little bit of like a dear Santa send that out to everybody oh yes. yeah that's uh that is also my other half says that that's how he shops for me he goes on <laughs> to my lust list board and is like oh what does she not own from here <laughs> like you know that's a really good one for your audience as well if they haven't set up their wish list board like you know maybe make it public make sure your family and friends know it exists in a kind of and put your uh, your Christmas wishes on there um but yeah and also like I think these things are just like like most people I also have a board um which is American roadside attractions which uh I think I first uh Neil Gaiman's American Gods has roadside attractions as a key feature of that story um, and I have a board of American roadside attractions because I think they're the most bonkers thing um, ever. But again, I really love that board and have now gone to a couple of them, <laughs> like the place outside Pant Springs and gone and sat in a giant dinosaur. <laughs> I was like, this is the, so un-British and so like not what you get in the UK that there's just... Um, but being able to find those things that like I'd never even heard of some of these places until I went and found them on Pinterest. Um, so that as well from the from one practical side to one less practical side. <laughs> yeah, lots of people talk about like traveling and planning trips on Instagram. But personally, I would always go Pinterest over Instagram. I don't know. I need to dig into my why of that. I'm not totally sure. But all of my travel planning happens on Pinterest first. Yeah, I think it's it's similar to kind of what we're saying. Like, I think for me, 
when you start on Pinterest, you've got maybe an idea of where you want to go, um, but not not what that means like. And so for me, like, um, I did actually do like, say, like recently went to Budapest and actually for me starting with looking at like Budapest was like, oh, what does it look like? Actually, where are these things that we can go to and actually like finding out that information, but also just even going like, Budapest uh for me like you then go like I'm searching for Budapest where it's vegan obviously but also like Budapest like where's best for sunsets or Budapest where's um best for like walking tours and like being able to again like search for those different nuances of things that you want to do um I think makes it Pinterest really valuable for travel yeah it allows you to discover things that you might not have had in your head like I think I found uh, on Pinterest, uh, there's like a, in Budapest, something called the hospital in the rock. And again, I was like, oh, I haven't heard anybody mention this to me um, when they were saying it. So actually, again, we found something on Pinterest that I wouldn't have even known to look for um, and was just really fascinating to go to. A really good tip I got from Carrie at Wish, Wish, Wish is she gets all of her travel like ideas like that from Pinterest and from Instagram or anywhere else and then plots them all on a Google map, just puts all the addresses in and saves it. And then you you have like your own little map that you take away with you. But it also really helps you pick what neighborhood to stay in and like where to spread your time out because you can see visually before you go where all, all the things you like are kind of happening. Oh, that's such a good tip. I've just been on holiday and you're making me want to go on holiday. <laughs> I was like, Kerry, please sell your maps around the world to all these cities because I'm sure she's got so many amazing places that she's hoarded away. Oh, that's a very good idea. Mm-hmm. To wrap it all up, for anybody listening who's like still thinking, okay, I, I can see that it's useful, I can see that it's valuable, but I'm so time poor, I'm stretched across all these different platforms. What would you say to them to give them the nudge to to give it a try? Well, I think I would go back to, um, Rena mentioned what Lex was saying earlier, that like, actually, if you were to think like five pins a day, actually doesn't take very long, like five, like scroll through your following feed, scroll through like your home feed and like add five things that you love and you just come across or you think that are interesting a day is like, is hardly any time at all. Um, and then I think Rena's got some further tips. (laughs) Um, yeah, I'd say it, it sounds silly, but um, downloading the app on your phone so you can pin on the go um, and make use of any time you're walking or you're on the bus or the tube, um, you can definitely cover at least five pins a day. Um, we also have pin scheduler. So actually, if it works better to sit down and spend, I don't know, half an hour doing Pinterest rather than using it on the go, you can schedule pins across two weeks. Um, and then also thinking about um, pinning your own content, you can create templates so that you can drag and drop images for your blog post, you can type in a little title. Um, and it that takes about five minutes, if not less. Yeah, and you can actually do that all from your phone. There are apps, aren't there, that will just make it super easy to make yourself a graphic for all your blog posts and stick them up. And I use, I don't know if this is Pinterest approved or not, but I use Ift to automatically post all my Instagram posts directly onto my Pinterest as well so I don't even have to think about that yeah Yeah, that makes it super easy that makes it super easy as well the other thing and I know this is like not necessarily time poor thing but like genuinely we recommend like like have fun with it especially if you're pinning like uh like third-party content as well like you can really feel when someone's had like fun and has that joy in a board and like so if you're taking like five minutes of your day to actually find things that you love like 
it's actually quite a good or at least fun use of time. I know I'm biased, but that's, uh, personally love it, like just a little time. And again, because you're pinning, even from a content creator p- perspective, like you are pinning for you, like you have an audience, but actually pinning things that you love, like there's something um, like fun and inspiring about that as well. Yeah, I would agree. Actually, like I've said this a few times to other people. I feel like that's the role Instagram used to have for a lot of us and it's slightly evolved because people would go on Instagram in the morning and they'd get like their daily hit of inspiration, like visual inspiration, and then go and have a lovely day. And gradually all these feelings of like self-doubt and comparison and competition have kind of come into the Instagram world. And for a lot of people, it doesn't make them feel uplifted in quite the same way anymore. Um, but Pinterest still really does because there is no competition. It's not really about the numbers for most people. It's just about what do I want? I'm not doing it for anybody else. And so it can be a really good way to kind of get in touch with your creativity and and get in touch with what inspires you before you start whatever it is you're going to do. Yeah, we have a saying here called um, be yourself, not your selfie on Pinterest. (laughs) Love it. I'm going to steal that. (laughs) You can have that, Sarah. So where can people find you guys online? Could you give us your online handles for both of you? Yeah, so I'm convo under slash pieces. Uh, and that's me on Pinterest and everywhere else as well. And Rena? Um, I've got a few different, um, I wasn't quick enough basically to get my <laughs> username. So on Pinterest, I'm fashion daydream. Um, but on um, other platforms, I'm under my name. Okay, fantastic. Well, I will link to all of those in the show notes so everyone can look you up. Thank you both so much for talking to us. Oh, you're very welcome, Sarah. You'll find show notes and all the details of what we've talked about today at meandorla.co.uk forward slash podcast 63, because this is episode 63. And you'll also find that sign up box if you want to get on the list to get notified as soon as the tickets go on sale for my live podcast events. If you're not in the UK, but you would like to attend a live podcast event, Let me know somehow, give me a wave on Instagram or on Twitter, because the more information I can get like this and show to my publishers, the more chance that we can do this in other places and have a bit of an adventure together. I hope you're all having an awesome week and are feeling fired up to go and have a play on Pinterest now. I will see you next time.